This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. As always, we appreciate you downloading or listening either on Digimedia by searching Oklahoma Sooner Radio Network, on SoundCloud, Sooner Radio Network, or, of course, on iTunes, same search, Sooner Radio Network. There is one easy link, though, to find everything in that Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Listen, we are absolutely loaded on the podcast today. We'll hear from Maddie Manning coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. We've got a big college basketball game coming up on Saturday morning, so we'll get you ready from a Memphis Tiger perspective. But I wanted to start by talking about history on Saturday night. You know, last week's podcast was absolutely one of my favorites as we took you step-by-step through the process of creating and then obviously delivering a Heisman Trophy campaign. It was fun. I appreciated everyone that uh, gave us great feedback on Twitter, at OU on the Air, at Sooner Sports TV. It was well-received. And I think that a lot of people that deserved credit but would never want to take any received it. So thanks to everyone that was involved, from Scott to Tory to Mike Houck to Jessica Cooty, and then those who we didn't get time to chat with, like Eli. Eli Wilkerson, who refused for some reason to take any credit for his role, to Jacob Potter and Brandon Meyer and the job they did at Sooner Vision. It was really a well-put-together approach towards getting two guys to New York in Baker Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook. So then what was next? Well, how about the incredible coverage that we were able to give you from New York? And that was the byproduct of the hard work of one Matt Archibald, who, again, is probably not somebody who would hurt his elbow, patting himself on the back. But I bugged him. I bothered him. I said, Arch, you're coming on. And he did. Matt Archibald, we sat down with him. And after spending last week kind of going into the making of a Heisman Trophy campaign, we talked about covering a Heisman Trophy ceremony. The the behind-the-scenes stuff, then, if we go from the creating of the campaign to the actual event itself – it had to be a blast. That was great stuff. I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting across from you in your office, but it was really well done. And I found myself, it was almost as if I was there with you guys. So from your perspective, how fun was it to be able to create and be there every step of the way with the guys? Well, I'm glad you say that. I mean, that's the goal. Right. Like, I'm tagging along. <laughs> I have the privilege to, uh, you know, be with these guys. So my goal is to show what they're doing. Now, hopefully a few photos every hour, you feel like, you know, you're kind of in the mix, but... It was great. It was so cool. It was the the thing that kept sticking out to me the first part in Atlanta was just look at all of the talent just hanging out in a room. I, I know. And <laughs> it's unbelievable. And the cool thing, like, yeah, they're competitors. They play football against each other all season long or whatever. But like, they're just kind of buddies. Right. They're just hanging out at the College Football Hall of Fame. Like, do their interviews. Like, I hung out with Trevor Knight, um, D.D. Baker, and the uh, Eastern Carolina receiver. Like, they were all just hanging out. They're just buds. So take us through your path. Where, where you left on? Let's see, because the uh, it was Wednesday Thursday, morning. So Thursday night was the uh, Home Depot Awards, right? Yep. Yep. And so what what happened from there? What was your path? Did you guys go straight to New York, or did you have some time in Atlanta afterwards? We uh, so I left Wednesday morning, like eight or nine o'clock flight. Got into Atlanta at noon. Did some like media stuff over there the first day. 
Uh, there was an award reception dinner Wednesday night. Thursday was the show. Um, that was kind of the only day I really had some downtime, and I think they did too. Yeah, yeah, everything else there was <laughs> uh, like an hour by hour schedule. Um, so the show wraps up. I put all the stuff together from Dee Dee winning the Blitnikoff and all that, and then had to be downstairs in the lobby to go to New York City at like five or six in the morning. Oh wow! On Thursday <laughs> or Friday, sorry. So catch a flight, get into New York City about. Um, probably 10 or 11, you know, New York City traffic by the time we bust into the hotel, which we were right around the corner from Times Square. It was about noon. They had a lunch at 1230, and then it was just nonstop the rest of the day. I, I have always been a fan of the Heisman ceremony. I'm much older than you, so I can remember the days whenever, like, the, uh, the Charles Woodsons won it and, you know, even going back further than Marcus Allens. But it's such um, – there's not a lot of people that get to be in that room. You know, because there's not they, they don't get to invite a lot of family. I think there's a specific number that they get. So can you begin to put into words what it was like being there and being a part of that ceremony? So they always you always hear it referred to as a fraternity. Right. And like I think the Nissan Heisman House like thing they run is a great like you know, they bring that to life in kind of a joking way. But yep. it they go back, the ones that can, almost every year. So at least they see their like "Quote unquote friends" mm-hmm. once a year, so you can see that these guys all have somewhat of a rapport together, and throw in the fact that they're in one of the most like exclusive company in the world. Right. You know, there's not that many of these guys that are walking around with that trophy. So for me to just be like, you want to talk about not feeling like <laughs> even remotely qualified to be in the spot? Like our players are saying that. Right. And they're you know they're they're at least finalists. They play. Right. I have a phone that I'm shooting video on and a still camera. I'm just happened to be lucky enough to like tag along. But I texted my dad this. I I did, you know, a quick three sixty spin of the room. And it's just I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. So right. these first two names jump off for me. But there's Archie Griffin, there's Eddie George, Troy Smith was there later, mm-hmm. Charles Woodson, Ron Dane, Marcus Allen. Like the names are just ridiculous. I, you can't begin to like make that normal. And they're just all in the same room, just doing their thing. Is it is it one of those events that you blink and it's over, and you're like, "What just happened?" <laughs> I mean, kind of. I mean, you worked a lot though too, so there was a lot of grind that was involved in this as well, right? It's just not. I got the hour by hour schedule that oh, wow. the Heisman people gave us, uh-huh. just almost to like help tell the day. It, it's a lot, and I almost had to force myself at points to take it in, take a breath, right. and just enjoy this, like. Maybe I'll miss a photo of somebody laughing. Right. I'll probably get one later. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's enjoy where we're at, what we're doing. I mean, when we uh, we walked through the uh, PlayStation Theater like 10 o'clock Saturday morning, and it's just like, wow, like this is the place. At least it has been recently and it will mm-hmm. be tonight. Like, it's a smaller, intimate theater, but, you know, they dress it up with all those photos along the side walls awesome. of all the Heisman winners, the whole Oklahoma section in the back with... Our guys there was just – I tried to breathe. I tried to take it in every now and then, and I, I think I did while working a lot. Yeah, and by the way, for anyone that missed any of it, it's all at Soonersports.com and at Soonersports.tv where they can see it all. Uh, was was there a favorite moment? I mean, you, you mentioned that moment where you walked in and you see Eddie George and Troy Smith and all your Ohio State guys being a – being an Ohio guy growing up, but was there a moment to where you thought, wow, it, this, this is one I'm going to remember forever? Walking in and, and what I say uh, – Going forward, I don't think I'll ever be able to watch the show, the Heisman presentation, the same way again. Because like, okay. I've been there. Right. Like, 
I was in the back, like, TV audience section away from the former Heisman winners and the finalists in their section. Don't care. Like, just happy to be in the building. It was great. Um, so that was phenomenal. Um, to to be in that room during that was so cool. And I'll, I'll never be able to watch that presentation again. And like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I was really thankful and appreciative to be a part of it. And... Uh, yeah, it's just so cool. And, and I think we also need to take a moment, too, to say not just kudos to you, but also the access that you were given. And that's just not magical. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, hey, I got no you shirt on. I get all this access from the coaches to the players to their families. I mean, Arch, you were you were basically in rooms getting ready with guys while they were doing their hair. You were basically right there after guys had won awards. I mean, that was some pretty impressive access. Yeah, I mean, I think – I think I tried to sell it to him early, like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna toe the line between like annoying dad asking you to pose for photos, <laughs> and uh, but like I think you know they're in their 20s, right? They're not thinking about, hey, in 20 years this is gonna be cool, but I'm trying to capture some images that like you're gonna want these 10, 15, 30 years down the road. Like, sure, maybe this weekend is exhausting and you're tired, right? But like. So, like, when I pitched the getting ready idea, I was like, you know, think of it kind of like that the draft stuff you see of them putting watches on, like, tying their tie. And, like, it's going to look cool. And I, and I showed the guys afterwards, like, all right, yeah, that looks really <laughs> nice. Thanks. Like, that looks good. That's the best So, line. selling them on it a little bit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little annoying. Mm-hmm. And if you really want me gone, like, go ahead. But the families were appreciative. Um, you know, I, I, I was kind of with them. And I'm kind of buddies with Baker's brother now, for whatever reason. I guess maybe his name's Matt. I don't know. He's apparently better at basketball than Baker is. Baker admitted that he's not good at hoops, so <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, oh, gosh. I've already kept you longer than I said I would. So I, I'll wrap up with this. Now, what would you say if there was one? There's not really <clears throat> one. And I know you did so many, so maybe they all kind of mesh together. But I'll, my, my personal favorite was being with the guys when they went through the College Football Hall of Fame. I thought that was really cool when you put together. I, I don't know who Baker – was Baker sitting with uh, Jabril Peppers at the desk whenever they were doing the, the pick em thing? Um, that was uh, Zay Davis, the oh, receiver. okay, from East Carolina? Yeah. So it's really cool. That was one of my favorite things. But is there a piece that you did that you're like, that was my favorite, everyone should make sure they see it? I think day one in the Big Apple – um, that was very cool. And, like, some of the – I think more of the imagery is just my favorite. Like, Dee Dee looking up at this huge tower of, a, mm-hmm. you know, one of the many huge skyscrapers in New York City. Like, both of them had never been there, and they're taking in, like, this huge city, this landmark, you know, city in America that they're all just so in awe of uh, being in front of. And I think just kind of getting to see their reactions to – the first time they saw this, the first time they saw that, they were asking questions like, where's the Statue of Liberty? Where's We went to the Rockefeller tree later that wow. night. Like, Just getting to see them really soak in New York City for the first time I thought was really cool. Good stuff, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And how about from a media perspective? We caught up with Oklahoma Sooner beat writer for the Tulsa World, Eric Bailey. Uh, it was his first Heisman Trophy ceremony that he covered, and he had nothing but great things to say about the job that Baker and Dee did representing the University of Oklahoma. You know, it's funny because there's a sports writer bucket list, and I've really been fortunate in my career to do a couple things. And this is one of the bucket list items, going to New York and cover a Heisman ceremony. And it was exciting. I tell you, I could go to New York, but I couldn't live there. <laughs> it's really, really crazy. Even Baker Mayfield even said it, too. He said, too many people, and he'd get a little claustrophobic, and I understand exactly what he means by that because there are a lot of people. And here's a story I've told a couple of times, and it's funny because, uh, 
you know, on Thursday, I went to Times Square and walked around, checked everything out, me and a buddy from uh, Pennsylvania that I hadn't seen in a couple of years. So we go to Times Square, and we see those mascots. You know, you saw the, the Elmo, the Mickey, the Minnie, the Buzz Lightyear that look nothing like the original characters, but they're out there getting chips. So <laughs> a Mickey Mouse grabs me and my buddy Keith, pulls us in, takes a picture, which I, that's cool. Okay, I understand. And then he shows me the button saying tips appreciated. So I say, okay, yeah, that's cool. So I reach in my wallet, and the only thing I have in my wallet is a $20 bill. And I show it to him, and, and the, for the first time, Mickey talks. They never talk. They're, 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 they're in character. But when he saw money, he could talk. And he said, oh, let me get change for you. So I thought, okay, that's great. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the Minnie Mouse, out of nowhere, comes, grabs the 20 out of the Mickey's hand, and then all the characters scatter. <laughs> they go out, and I... I couldn't pick which mini it was after that. And so basically I've been telling everyone I got robbed by a masked man or woman in New York City. So that's the highlight of my trip. You got shook down by many. You got exactly. shook down by many. Uh, but, I, I, but, but what I was it like? It cost me 20 bucks. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, what was it? What was it like being in the room? What was it like being in the room when the announcement was made? What was it like covering everything leading up to it? Well, you know what? First of all, the Heisman people, they really – have everything regimented. There's only certain windows when media, there's media availability. Uh, the one thing I wish is the Heisman uh, winners or uh, finalists got a chance to take a tour of New York City on Friday night. And uh, we weren't allowed any access to that. And I would have liked just to go and meet them at Times Square just to take a couple pictures, not go with them on the trip, but just take a couple pictures. But, uh, but you know, Baker and Dee, they were asked a lot of questions from a lot of media members. A lot of questions that we're familiar with. If you're on the beat, you've heard the questions they, that they were asked over and over uh, before when we were in Norman. So nothing new there. But I was really impressed with the way both men handled the situation. There was a lot of tension on them, and they both did really well with the national media. Uh, not that I would expect them both to because they're both pretty well-seasoned when it comes to interviews. Um, and then Saturday during the, the process, uh, it was funny because they put you in a room. We're not allowed in the theater. The media sits in a ballroom, and they basically are just oh. like they're in their living room. They watch on a TV screen of, you know, watch the one-hour show. And uh, it was funny because one minute before the show started, they locked the doors. You couldn't come in if you got there a minute late. You had to be in that room. And probably the most interesting thing about the whole process was during the announcement, we realized that the stream that they were showing in the ballroom was the ESPN3 stream, and we were about 30 or 45 seconds behind real time. So when <laughs> Johnny Manziel was introduced, Twitter blew up, and we had no clue what everyone was talking about. And then when Lamar Jackson was named the winner, we were still 45 seconds from that. People on Twitter knew before we did who won the Heisman Trophy. And wow. uh, something else that really impressed wow. me, too, was as soon as they announced the winner, I mean, instantaneously, Everyone in that room received an envelope with all the voting uh, tabulations and such. I mean, they wasted no time. It was, it was really, really quick with how they gave us the point spread and everything like that. So, but uh, I was, it was fun. It was a fun weekend in New York. And uh, like I said, Baker and Dee they did a great job uh, with everything, handling the media, and uh, they were great to work with that weekend. What time it is? All right, so from the gridiron, to the hardwood. We'll have tons of previews beginning next week of OU and Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. And if you haven't had a chance yet to watch our film room show where defensive quality control coach Chris Woods and offensive quality control coach Steve Spurrier Jr. join us to kind of give us some perspective on Auburn, I would urge everyone 
to do that. It's on Soonersports.tv. It's under the premium subscribers link. It is well worth your time. But we'll go in-depth on OU and Auburn and the Sugar Bowl beginning next week. What do you say we go in-depth on a big college basketball matchup, which is slated for Saturday morning? The Oklahoma Sooners get back to work as they square off against the Memphis Tigers, 11.30 a.m. at the Lloyd Noble Center. First time that the Sooners have had a game in a while after getting a break during finals week. But uh, no easy challenge as Tubby Smith and the Memphis Tigers come to town. We broke things down from a Memphis perspective with Dave Woolishan, the longtime play-by-play voice of the Memphis Tigers. How has uh, Tubby been embraced by the Memphis community that was so used to, you know, the cows of the world and the passengers that have these crazy personalities? And you get Tubby, who's got a great personality, but a little older, not a younger guy. How has he been embraced so far by Tiger fans? Oh, he's been embraced. Uh, you you look at the product on the floor and watch how they're playing together, even though this team probably doesn't have as much talent as it had a year ago. They're playing much better together. And it isn't really often that you get, as your new head coach, a guy who is a surefire Hall of Famer. And how many times can you say, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring in a guy who already – is a Hall of Fame guy. So I think they were excited about that right off the bat. And once you get to know Tubby, I mean, he's a laid-back guy, but he's such a warm and embracing fella that you can't help but like him. I had a chance. uh, Dave, we're going back now. Uh, Whenever I was in school at Tulsa, uh, Pooh was playing and Tubby was the coach. Don't tell me you were with with him at Tulsa. Absolutely, I was. Uh, I was a student, worked in the sports information department and really got to know him and really got to know Pooh. And, you know, it's it's funny because you go back, that's, you know, almost 20 years ago now, but you always sensed the greatness. You always sensed the greatness, and we've seen it play out. Uh, how what, what's kind of indifferent? What what have you seen from how he's done his business in Memphis compared to Dave? What you covered with uh, Josh Passon in the last couple of years and with John Calipari as well? What's Tubby done that's different? Oh, the difference with Cal and him is not as big as the difference between Josh and him. Josh, um, Josh's teams had a lot of talent. Don't don't get me wrong, but they they were not as disciplined. And 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 um, and I think it's probably different for Josh at Georgia Tech now. But the players. You know, he was so young when he got the job at Memphis that the players related more to him as a guy that was more on their level than as an adult, as a as an old, wise sort of a guy. So the uh, I, I, I guess to, to, I, I'm not going to be politically correct here. They, the respect level is a, is a different level. That's the biggest difference with Josh. With with Cal's teams, you know, that was chock full of talent after the first couple of years and started with uh, Dewan Wagner. And then after that, it just kept going up and up and up. And it's still going up for John at Kentucky. But uh, the, 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 uh, the, you know, the biggest surprise for me with, with Tubby was I really expected more slowdown uh, half court sets. And if this tiger team can run, they're off and running. It's a, it's, it was a surprise to me pace of play with Tubby that I did not expect. Memphis is 7-3 and three on the season. Uh, boy, what a stretch you guys have coming up, Dave. Not only with mm-hmm. Oklahoma on Saturday morning, but then you open up conference play with an SMU team that's always going to be a challenge. Then it's South yep. Carolina, and then it's UConn. I mean, this is a right. pretty uh, pretty big stretch for this team. 
uh, and again, what was a fairly challenging non-conference schedule as well, too. Kind of give us that that snapshot of what stands out with this Memphis Tiger team this year, what's really caught your eye. Well, the thing that you guys will see is that there, the, this team has four really good players. The two Lawson brothers, of which Diedrich, who went to the NBA Combine, is going to be a first-round draft choice probably next year. He is really a good player, so he's got to stay on the floor. His brother is really good. There's a kid named Markel Crawford who was a top 30 to 50 guy coming out of high school, had an ACL issue, had to sit out a year. He's a terrific player. And uh, and then there's a point guard who did not get a lot of PT last year because, frankly, there was better players. But he's starting to emerge. His name is Jeremiah Martin. He played on a couple of state tournament championship teams for Mitchell High School here in Memphis. Those four guys. And after that, there's really not a lot of depth. So if Memphis gets in foul trouble, that's an issue. If those guys aren't playing 30 to 35 minutes, that's an issue. If they are here and playing, then Memphis is in the game. That's the biggest snapshot. If these four guys stay out of foul trouble and stay on the floor, Memphis has a chance to beat any team in the country. Boy, they move the ball well, too. I I, I noticed just from a stat guy not being able, Dave, to watch a lot of Memphis hoops yet this year and excited about doing so on Saturday morning against Oklahoma, but they're fourth in the country in assists per game. Is that kind of a product of Tubby's system, or is this more about just having a guy that is a pretty good distributor? Well, they're all distributing the ball. Jeremiah Martin's the kid that's distributing it at about a 3-1 to pace, and the Tigers are averaging over 20 assists per game. But, you know, I'll give Josh credit for this. That attitude was was implanted into this team the last couple of years. They've always had a pretty good assist-to-field-goal-made ratio, and it's it's even better this year. At one time, this a couple of games ago, I don't know where it's at now, but they had um, assisted on 67% of their their buckets made. Now I'm starting my 31st year of doing their games either on radio or TV. And I don't think I've ever seen that ratio where two thirds of the buckets were shared. They were assisted. And that goes, that's a, that's a lot of credit to the, to the Lawson brothers to a certain extent, because they're the guys that really want the ball and will have the ball and they're giving it up. They're passing it up. How good are they? I mean, I, and again, I know that's a very kind of, bland question but you mentioned Lawson a guy that you think is going to be an NBA player I mean the 20 points per game shooting over 50 percent from the floor I mean is this one of those special Memphis players in the mold of a Derrick Rose well he's not a Derrick Rose or he's not a Penny Hardaway both those two guys had the most explosive first steps I mean they were unreal with athleticism that is not this kid. This kid is just smooth, mechanically flawless. He's got long reach. He's six, a legit 6'9". He can handle the ball. He can actually, even though the numbers aren't showing you, uh, from out, outside beyond the arc, but he can shoot the ball from beyond the arc. And he's very good at figuring out angles for block shots, even though he doesn't sky. And he's very good at getting position for rebounds. I think he's the only guy in the country who's averaging over 20 points and 10 rebounds a game. So he is special in his own right. But the reason he didn't get taken in the first round of the NBA draft this year was, one, he had a little body fat content issue. He should really be a freshman. He left after basically his junior year in high school. So he was an immature kid that hadn't really worked out that much. Now he's much stronger than he was. He's going to make it because he's a basketball player, not because he's an athlete and he wasn't ready a year ago. 
I'll let you go on this. And Dave Wilson, the play-by-play voice, longtime play-by-play voice of the Memphis Tigers, is our guest. A guy who numbers-wise has wowed me is Jeremiah Martin. And, it, and by that, I mean last year I still follow my alma mater, Tulsa, and kind of how they, they're still looking for traction in the American Athletic Conference. You know, this was a guy that barely averaged a, a bucket a game, but now he's near double digits. Now uh, he's, he's right around four rebounds per game. You mentioned the assist, almost six assists per game. Dave, what's really clicked in the improvement of a Jeremiah Martin and the way that he's been kind of the leader on the floor? I think Tubby's system and Tubby's leash with the kid who just, he just said, look, if you make a mistake, you're not going out. Um, and uh, he's just gotten a lot of confidence. I think it's a mental thing where the kid believes. Now, he's not the greatest offensive player in the world. I know you mentioned those numbers. <laughs> he's got a lot of work to do in terms of scoring himself. But the great thing is that's not his role. His role is to give the ball up to the guy that's open. And if you've got a free lane, go for it. If you've got an open tree every once in a while, because his, his shot is not the prettiest in the world, every once in a while, take that shot. If there's nobody else on you and they're giving it to you. But his job is basically think distribution first, and he's been a great facilitator. There's no doubt about it. 11.30 a.m., incredible ticket deals are available. Tickets start as low as $10. The link is at Soonersports.com. It's the first time in 11 years that CBS will nationally televise a game from the LNC. You won't want to miss it. Now, from the men's team to the way that Sherry Cole's women's basketball team has been playing and a standout continuing to emerge in Maddie Manning. Manning had a career high in points against Tulsa as the Sooners get set to travel to Vegas to play in the Puerto Rico Classic. We caught up with the pride of Ankeny, Iowa, Maddie Manning. Give me a, a little bit of the fallout from Sunday. How you feeling? Obviously, one of the uh, best performances you've had from a scoring perspective. But in talking to you about it yesterday, you were more impressed with the way the team really came together, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I know. I mean, it felt good personally, but I think the game felt so good because everybody came in and contributed, and that's really what we needed uh, to put four four quarters together as a team, um, especially going into this big tournament in a few days um, that's going to be huge for us what is uh so from this perspective and obviously it's a little bit different from you what's the balance like between having the dead week having finals and as a student athlete not only taking care of your schoolwork, maddie but also being able to focus on your craft on basketball and getting ready for games and conference season what's what's the challenge of that balance like for you as a, as a student athlete it's tough uh you got you got to be able to compartmentalize a lot of things um you know, when you're at practice, when you're working out, that's where your mind has to be uh, to get better. And then when you're off the court, um, you got to put your full self in, into your academics. We have a high standard for academics on our team. And um, it's kind of funny this week because at practice, you can tell who has the big test coming up because they're a little stressed out. They're a little, um, their eyes are a little heavy and everything. So we, we've been laughing about it, but it's definitely difficult. But uh, And then that's where you can kind of help out a little bit, right? For someone to say, hey, listen, uh, get your work done. We got this for you. I mean, what what's your role as a leader when something like this happens? Um, I think just bringing everything you have, everything in the tank every day because there's people that are exhausted from studying and they're not going to be able to give as much. So the more you can give as a leader, the more you can uh, kind of take people's minds off and get them in the moment at practice. Uh, that's when we're going to keep getting better throughout the week. You wrote an article uh, that it, it kind of resonated. It's it's a little bit older now. It's back in October whenever it had posted, but it was kind of kind of an open letter to your teammates, and then obviously reflecting on your experience, Maddie. With that said, have you 
kind of allowed yourself to embrace this being your senior season? Is that in writing articles like this and in, in, in stepping out, taking a leadership role, is that kind of Maddie Manning embracing her senior year? Absolutely. Um, I think it's just, you know, thinking about thinking about it all the time and that this could be the last year um, and just trying to enjoy all the moments. I mean, it sounds cliche, but this only happens once in your life and I'm only around these people. So just trying to enjoy it. And I really want to uh, go out on the note. I want to take all of them out on a high note and to do so. Um, my leadership has to be great. So one thing stood out to me whenever I got a chance to travel with you guys a couple of times last year, and I'm blessed to get an opportunity to do it again a couple of times this year. But you would really take the time, even after a game, even after a disappointment, to communicate, to talk. And I think you even wrote in that article, you got to talk, you got to talk, you got to talk a lot. Maddie, how important is that open line of communication, not just with your coaches, but with your teammates too, to where maybe something didn't go right. When you get back on the bus, you talk and you talk and you talk, and you do whatever you can to try to make sure everyone's on the same page. Oh, that's that's the answer right there. I mean, things people don't mean to mess up. So if you can just talk to them on the, and figure out what was going through their mind, then you know it provides opportunity to learn for both of you. You can you can kind of get together and uh, you can say what's on what was on your mind, what you were thinking, and uh, they can bring their experience. So um, you know that's a, that's what we've been doing a lot so far this year. And it's been early, and we've had a couple of disappointing games, but. Um, being able to learn from each other from it, that's what that's what you want to do at this time of the year. How special is it um, whenever you look around the locker room and it's a lot of people that have been there with you? I know I know Peyton transferred in, but she's been here for a while now. But you have a senior in Peyton Little. you got a senior in Derek Wyatt, obviously a senior in Tana Edwards. You, uh, Gabby, it seems like she's a senior, that she's been playing so much. <laughs> BB as well, too. But it's there's so much experience, Maddie. Does that obviously make things a little bit easier from that communication perspective because you're all so familiar with each other? Absolutely. I feel like we know each other so well that sometimes we can just give a look across the court and we know what needs to be done. We know what needs to happen. And um, it's, it's kind of funny. We know we it, we've got maybe too well. We've gotten to know each other. <laughs> so with that said, is it challenging sometimes for the freshman, you know, Chelsea, who's been inserted into the starting lineup, Nancy, who's coming along? I mean, is, is it challenging for them to kind of become a part of that mix? Or, Maddie, do you guys just open up the doors and welcome them and make sure that they're comfortable? I think just making sure they're comfortable, um, starting it out right away when they come here, uh, right when they get here on campus and opening up that line of communication like we talked about earlier. And, um, you know, what we do is really get to know each other so we know where um, everybody's coming from and what makes them tick. And um, so spending the time early to get that done uh, in the summer. And then, uh, I mean, if you watch both of them on the court, they, um, they're gray and they flow with, they go with the flow. And um, you wouldn't tell that they're freshmen. So I think all that happens early. You know, you do a lot of work off the court, and I don't think you – well, I, I know you don't. You don't do it to say, hey, look at me. I'm Maddie Manning. I'm helping out. You know, you do it because that's ingrained in you. But it had to be pretty special whenever you were a nominee for the All-State Good Works Award because, you know, you, you and I have talked a lot about your trips to Haiti. I know you're involved very much in the, in the classroom project where you guys go to different classes uh, uh, across the city of Norman. I mean, Maddie, I know you don't do it for any type of exposure, but was that a pretty special feeling to be recognized for what you do off the court? Uh, yeah, it's absolutely a good feeling. Um... You know, never like you said, never doing it for anything like that. Never doing it thinking that I'm going to get something out of it, obviously. But, um, yeah, it is a good feeling. Uh, the things that go into that, the time that goes into that. So um, I was happy about it. The Sooner Big Sis thing is kind of cool. Uh, i got to be honest with you. I think Shia had gone and went to my daughter's school. 
And my daughter is an eight-year-old. And now, Maddie, it's all she talks about was, oh, <laughs> Miss Shia, I want to go watch her play. I want to go, I want to go see the game. I mean, that's, that's really cool, isn't it? Because you're developing young fans. And just by going out and, and just trying to help, that's got to be a pretty – that's got to be exciting for the future, not just of women's basketball, but for Sooner basketball as well, too. Absolutely. It's so, it's so fun. Um, a couple of t- well, we have the game, the elementary game. That uh-huh. We've had it for the past couple of years. And uh, you can always tell when one of the classrooms that one of the players gets, gets to come and make that trip. Uh, they're in the crowd screaming and then sending letters uh, throughout the year. It's a fun thing. Oh, man, that's awesome. All right, so take me through Vegas. I mean, obviously it's a challenging group of teams that you'll have to play. This was originally going to be played in Puerto Rico, but they shifted it to Vegas. So what do we know about the uh, the incredible field? I mean, when you consider Xavier, Cal, and then Portland State, and then, like, no rest for the weary eight days later, you guys dive right into conference play. That's a pretty challenging stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity, though, um, to really get momentum going into conference. Uh, you know, those are, those are games that if we go out and perform the way we know we can uh, – those are huge confident boosters, and that's exactly what you need going into conference. Um, so just taking that opportunity and continue to grow. Uh, we want to play our best basketball in conference. We have high goals. So to continue to grow and um, get better as a team. So a busy podcast, obviously, and looking back on the Heisman Trophy campaign and the coverage of it, great job from March, Matt Archibald. Appreciate Eric Bailey swinging by. And obviously you have a standout in Maddie Manning and what she's been able to do the last few weeks. There, It's going to be hard. Uh, you know, I, I am one of those guys that – tends to get a little carried away looking forward. I just can't imagine watching an OU women's basketball game next season without Maddie being out there. So I'm embracing and enjoying every moment that I can right now. We'll have a complete recap from the Sooners' performance in Vegas coming up next week on the Sooner Sports Podcast. So thanks to Matt Archibald. Eric Bailey, the longtime voice of the Memphis Tigers, Dave Woolishan, and Maddie Manning for joining us on this week's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we're back on Monday morning with the refresher, a complete recap of what is starting to get back to being a busy time. Final weeks are over. We've got basketball all weekend long. Lou Roselli's wrestling team is back in action. We'll recap it all Monday morning with the Monday morning refresher. And then Toby Rowland joins us for the game plan. It's a big weekend. Hope you enjoyed as we count down to the holidays with the Sooner Sports Podcast. So until Monday with the refresher, this is Chris Plank reminding you to have a great weekend and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.